Do you want an amazing marriage? Are you ready to take your marriage to the next level? Then stick around for your Marriage Matters podcast with Marriage Coach Lynn. Let's put some fun and sizzle into your relationship. Hi, everyone. The sixth and final book in this series is Chapman's 2014 book titled One More Try, What to Do When Your Marriage is Falling Apart. I listened to this book on audio a few years ago and revisited it recently. I like this book because it shared difficult stories and how couples can reconcile and rebuild their relationships when things were at their lowest points. If you go online and read some of the one-star reviews, you'll see three main criticisms. That this book is too Christian. That it suggests women need to make changes in order to affect a positive outcome and that it doesn't involve enough how-to advice. Yes, the book is strongly Christian with a Christian worldview. If you aren't in agreement that we can count on God for supernatural help or that our ultimate fulfillment isn't dependent upon the response of our mate but our response to God, then this book might not be for you. As for women being the main partner to bring about change, I didn't experience that while reading this book. Oftentimes in counseling, the format seems to favor women in general, so Gary Chapman tells stories that seem to be more heavily weighted on his conversations with wives, but I don't think he suggested that women are to blame for problems and that they are the main partner to put forth the effort at repairing and rebuilding the marriage. Peppered throughout this book and at the end of each chapter were practical application, suggestions, and exercises for couples. Overall, I give this book five stars and I'll share some of the highlights and read a few short passages. Dr. Gary Chapman shows us how we can give our marriage one more try if there is lack of trust, extreme anger, loneliness in your marriage, or extreme despair in your relationship. He shows that there's still hope. Distress and separation don't mean divorce is imminent. Restoration, rebuilding, regrowth can eventually enrich your marriage and take it to a new level. It's possible that you can be led to a restored, enriched, growing marriage. The outcome is determined by the individuals involved. If you're willing to embark upon this journey, then this book can help you gain the techniques and confidence to heal. One thing I liked about this book is the theory of separation. As I said, the stories here can be helpful. There are stories of couples who've recovered from years of verbal abuse, a low sex or no sex marriage, drifting apart, and couples who married without being in love. There was a story of a couple who had low passion in life about anything, who ended up rebuilding their marriage and found a new purpose in life. What can we do when there is more conflict than companionship? Chapman says we can count on God for supernatural help. Spouses need to ask, will you work on your marriage? Not, do you want to work on your marriage? See, there's a difference. At the crisis point, we've lost our desire and want to work on the marriage. Most people feel they've tried everything and have run out of energy or options. At times like that, we must remember our values, commitments, and dreams and must do what must be done to be true to them. 
So in other words, your vows and your commitment and your responsibility overtake your desires. And that's how you can make your marriage work a little bit better for you. Chapman says that lack of fulfillment in your life is due to one of three possibilities. Lack of intimate relationship with God, your mate, or understanding and acceptance of yourself. We have control over our relationship with God and ourself, but not our mate. Early on in this book, Chapman says that there can be no reconciliation without repentance. In the marital relationship, there must be mutual repentance because the failure almost always involved both parties. We know that after an affair, the guilty spouse must have remorse and repentance in order for trust to rebuild. The guilty spouse must truly be sorry for his or her actions and deception and understand the extent of deep hurt and harm it brought to the partner. Will you work on being reconciled with your spouse? Will you spend some energy, effort, and time finding out what can be done and then take constructive action? All of this will require acknowledgement, acceptance, effort, repentance, spiritual maturity, emotional maturity, vulnerability, and being responsible and accountable. Let's talk a little more about reconciliation. Let's say you've endured years of verbal attacks, you know, the type of situations that seem to go in circles. The conversation degenerates and the common responses are either retaliation, withdrawal, or defensiveness. Hundreds of times you've had to go quiet, endure it, or storm out of the room, or even work super hard not to trigger your spouse in the first place. After years and years, you want to give up and might feel relieved to leave the marriage. What needs to happen is that you both need new skills in making changes in how you communicate. Be careful when you enter separation because it would close off efforts at reconciliation. If you separate, you have to have a strategy on what exactly you're going to be doing while you separate. Are you separating just to get away? In some instances and for a limited time, this can be helpful but you need to look at the long term. You both need to examine how you can improve and what you're going to do when you get together. I know someone whose marriage was hanging by threads and during their six month separation, they had weekly date nights. They didn't just avoid each other. They were trying to make improvements on their own and would meet up to put into practice new ways of communicating and new ways of treating each other. I'd like to share one of my former bad habits of communicating with my husband that brought him down. I didn't realize it, but we finally figured out what was going on, especially since one of his love languages is words of affirmation. I had the habit of desiring and sometimes demanding that he communicate clearly. What happens in situations like that? Guess what? You correct. You criticize. I thought what I was doing was constructive criticism. After all, I was helping him improve, right? Wrong. If you understand the context of what your partner is saying, you can let the, the details of how he's trying to say it go. You can just, it, it doesn't matter. 
And I finally learned that. And I just learned to deal with differences in style. Do you find yourself doing this? This is one cause of spouses drifting apart. Like little do you know that your spouse will probably go quiet on you if they felt criticized and feel that they have to be perfect. Most of us avoid what might cause criticism. How do we start saving our marriage? We begin to change ourselves. We don't have to be stuck in our personality flaws or blame our upbringing. We can overcome and change habits, accept our past, and have forgiveness for ourselves and for our partner when we feel wronged. I like this section where Dr. Gary Chapman said that kind words and actions precede warm emotions. Stay with each other until your attitude changes. Don't wait for the attitude to change first because it might take a while. Here's an interesting story from the book. A woman goes to a marriage counselor and confided that she wanted a divorce. I want to hurt him in the worst possible way, she said. What do you suggest? The counselor replied, start showering him with compliments. When he thinks you love him devotedly, then start the divorce action. That's the way to hurt him most. She returned in two months to report that she had followed the counselor's advice. Good, said the counselor. Now is the time to file for divorce. Divorce, cried the woman. Never. I've fallen in love with the guy. What had happened? She had started expressing love to him by using compliments. In time, he began to feel loved and began to express love to her. Yes, warm emotions can be reborn, but kind words and acts must precede warm emotions. Many couples feel that a trial separation will help them get their feelings straightened out. They want to separate and have no contact to see if time apart will cause the warm feelings to return. Such a process is futile. Attitude and action must precede positive emotions. Distance alone will not turn the emotions around. Chapter six of One More Try was about tough love and the importance of setting boundaries, creating guidelines and expectations about unacceptable behavior. In marriage rebuilding, you are going not from what is unpleasant and unhappy, but from what has been unacceptable to what is going to be acceptable. Chapter seven was on loneliness. Some of the most intense loneliness happens within marriage. Chapter nine was about what to do when you're separated. The objective of separation is not simply to get back together, but for a rebirth, to get back together in a whole new way, a way in which your marriage is transformed. Don't feel bashful about getting solid help from professionals with proven track records. The conflicts, frustrations, misunderstandings, and unmet needs that led you to the crisis need to be examined and resolved. You need to show and receive appreciation from each other. You need to give each other the freedom to express and to truly listen to each other. Learn that you will have disagreements and how will you handle things that you can't resolve or agree upon? Remember Dr. John Gottman? He says that up to 70% of disagreements will not be agreed upon. 
Many couples who haven't been married many years are still striving to have 100% agreement on most issues. Concentrate on your spouse's fulfillment. That is really the big secret. That's not really such a secret. Concentrate on your spouse's fulfillment. Do what pleases your spouse. What makes your spouse happy? Can you do more of that? The last few chapters discuss what to do if it doesn't work out and a chapter on facing the future. In the appendix of One More Try are resources for growing while separated, resources for coping with divorce, and online websites that can help. The research has been consistent for many years. Children of divorce who marry in adulthood have an exponential risk factor for getting divorced themselves. Sure, many people prove the stats wrong, but remember that the research also shows that the divorce doesn't result in a lifetime of happiness. You can check out Judith Wallerstein and also Michelle Weiner Davis's work. Davis has a YouTube channel with good videos and has had a successful career at helping people rebuild their marriages. Gary Chapman has written many other books on various relationship topics, and I wanted to cover a few of my favorites. I hope you enjoyed this six-part series. As always, tell a friend about this podcast, subscribe, and leave your comments. I'll be doing an episode on what to do when your marriage is hanging by threads. We'll begin that series next week. Until then, make your marriage great.